This is Patty Scalzo welcoming all our listeners to Shear Jeshub, a Bible study program brought to you by the Church Fellowship of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. In today's program, my husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, will be continuing his series on heavenly authority in the section on the priests and the Levites. The current sermon is on the rebellion of Korah, and he left off last time in the book of Numbers, chapter 17. The Lord told Moses to take a rod from each of the leaders of the twelve tribes, including one from Aaron, for the tribe of Levi. And in verse 5, the Lord says, And it shall be that the rod of the man whom I choose will blossom. On the next day, Moses went into the tabernacle and found that the rod of Aaron had indeed sprouted and put forth blossoms and ripe almonds. So now let's join Pastor Greg as he continues his Sunday sermon. The rod was so important that it's actually one of the items, one of the three items that's placed in the Ark of the Covenant, along with a jar of manna and the tablets of the testimony of the Ten Commandments. To show and speak against rebellion against the Lord's authority because that's what it really was it wasn't rebellion against Aaron it's rebellion against God remember he says whom I choose will blossom his choice who he chooses only God can choose only God can appoint in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 4 Speaking of the high priesthood, the writer says, And no man takes his honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. It wasn't an honor to be taken on by himself. Aaron didn't take it on by himself. God called. God chose. Apparently, some of the descendants of Korah survived and became ministers of music. So you can see here the forgiveness over the generations that even a descendant of Korah could not only be forgiven but play a prominent role as a Levite. Uh, they became ministers of music in the tabernacle during the time of David. And you read about that in 1 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 37. It speaks of this line, this lineage, this musical lineage that comes from Korah's son, Abiaseph. Now, Perhaps Abiasef, or maybe not Abiasef, because, you know, Korah is one of the older leaders, maybe one of Abiasef's descendants, because the large family there, was wise enough when Moses makes the proclamation about the tents to get himself away from the tent. And so there is a survivor to Korah's line. And 11 of the Psalms bear the titles the sons of Korah. Psalm 42, Psalm 44 to 49, 84 to 85, 87 to 88, and 1 Chronicles 6.37 makes it clear that we're speaking about the same Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi. Jude, one last scripture, and speaking of ungodly men who corrupt the church, who creep into the church unnoticed, he says in verse 4, for certain men have crept in unnoticed 
who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of God into lewdness. Sounds like modern religion and some modern religious teachers. We all are holy. God's grace, God loves everyone. And so you can do anything you want. God loves this one, God loves that one. There's nothing wrong in being any type of person, any type of lifestyle. Everything is holy to God. They turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. They don't say Jesus is the only way to the Father. They come into the church, they bring in lewdness, and they deny the deity of Jesus Christ, the salvation of Jesus Christ. Sounds like some modern religion and some modern religious teachers. And what does Jude say down in verse 11? Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Just like Korah, at some point they will also, if they don't repent, wind up in the pit. As we conclude this section on the priests and the Levites, there are a few last things we should consider. And we'll look at Numbers chapter 18. In Numbers chapter 18, verse 1, Then the Lord said to Aaron, so God is speaking to Aaron, the high priest. You go down to verse 7, he says to Aaron, Therefore you and your sons with you shall attend to your priesthood for everything at the altar and behind the veil, and you shall serve. I give your priesthood to you as a gift for service, but the outsider who comes near shall be put to death. I give your priesthood to you as a gift, a gift for service. So a very important point is to remember, they did not earn the priesthood. The priesthood was given to them as a gift of God. It was by the grace of God. And then in verse 8, And the Lord spoke to Aaron, Here I myself have also given you charge, or that word can mean custody, of my heave offerings, all the holy gifts of the children of Israel. I have given them as a portion to you and your sons as an ordinance forever. So they have charge of the provisions. They have custody of the provisions. And this is all about, this whole section that goes on from verse 8, is all about the Lord providing for Aaron and for his sons, for the priesthood. You read in verse 9, This shall be yours of the most holy things reserved from the fire. Every offering of theirs, every grain offering, every sin offering, and every trespass offering which they rendered to me shall be most holy for you and your sons. In a most holy place you shall eat it. Every male shall eat it. It shall be holy to you. This is also yours, the heave offering of their gift, with all the wave offerings of the children of Israel. I have given them to you and your sons and daughters with you as an ordinance forever. 
Everyone who is clean in your house may eat it. All the best of the oil, all the best of the new wine and the grain, their first fruits which they offer to the Lord, I have given them to you. Whatever first ripe fruit is in their land, which they bring to the Lord, shall be yours. Everyone who is clean in your house may eat it. Every devoted thing in Israel shall be yours. Everything that first opens the womb of all flesh, which they bring to the Lord, whether man or beast, shall be yours. Nevertheless, the firstborn of man you shall surely redeem, and the firstborn of unclean animals you shall redeem. So the text goes on from there, and it's all about provision. I have given them to you, he keeps saying. The Lord has given these things to the priesthood, and yet how does he do that? How does God give these things to Aaron and his sons? He provides for them through the people, through the congregation, through the offerings that the people are bringing to God. God uses those things to provide for Aaron and for his descendants. That's how he provides for his people. Uh, through the hands of the Israelite people, whom Aaron is ministering to. And when you read about this section here, we talked about the firstborn a few times back. When you read about them being redeemed, they were redeemed, they were freed from their obligation as the firstborn, which belonged unto God, by the payment of a price. Because of God's claim on the firstborn, the firstborn sons were presented to the Lord when they were one month old. Uh, it says, read in verse 16, it says, And those redeemed of the devoted things you shall redeem when one month old, according to your valuation for five shekels of silver, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, which is 20 geras. So when they were one month old, they were redeemed, they were purchased back with a price since they were regarded as God's property. The father would have to buy the child back or redeem the child. And remember the Levites and the priests are replacing them. So at one month old they would buy that firstborn child back since the firstborn belonged to the Lord because God had mercy on the firstborn of Israel when he destroyed the firstborn of Egypt. It wasn't because it was so good, it was by the grace of God. And now they belong to him and the redemption. And it starts to give you an idea of what redemption is about. We speak about redemption in the New Testament. Buying back. Buying back with a price. Jesus redeems us. He buys us back with a price. And the price is his shed blood. He redeems us back to God. Well, these children had to be redeemed. And obviously that purchase price, what did it do? Since the priests and the Levites were serving in the place of these people, that money helped to support them to do that service. That gives you a little understanding. And just one other quick thing. The um, price could not exceed five shekels, 11.4 grams of, of the silver. That was the maximum price that could be set. We just read that in verse 16. That would explain what we read in the New Testament when in Luke chapter 2, um, it says in verse 22, Now in the days of her purification, speaking of Mary, 
according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem, meaning Jesus, to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb, every firstborn male, shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And what they're really doing here, and probably was done because of uh, the number of people involved, there's really two ceremonies being combined here. One is the presentation of Jesus as the firstborn, which would happen when he was a month old, right? They would have the circumcision on the eighth day. And then when the baby was a month old, they would redeem that firstborn child. And also, the mother had to be, uh, have a purification ceremony. You'll read about that if you want to in Leviticus chapter 12, verses 2 to 6. Uh, for 33 days after the eighth day, she was considered unclean, and then on the 40th day, uh, there would be the offering of a sacrifice. And that's what's being spoken of here, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So you have both the purification of Mary and the offering of Jesus as the firstborn according to the law of Moses. And this redemption price, the money they would pay, helps support the priesthood. If you would like to write to us or feel led of the Lord to help support our church's outreach, our address is Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle Sunday service is at 10 a.m. at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Join us next time for Sheer Jashub.